Hello there, welcome to this episode of the Stuttering is Cool podcast. I am Daniela Rossi, you can call me Danny. And pardon the quality of my voice today, very scratchy, very dry, <laughs> because well, it was a weekend of stuttering, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, yesterday, October the 20th, 2018, was the uh, Canadian Stuttering Association's annual conference. And... Um, after the conference, we had gone to a restaurant and it ended up being a very loud restaurant, very loud bar. <laughs> so there was a lot of shouting on my part. Um, and then even Friday, Friday nights, uh, the Friday night before I met up with, uh, friends who were attending the conference from out of town. So, uh, <laughs> not a very, um, what's the word? Uh, not, not a very great way to protect my vocal cords, I guess. So that's why my voice is like this. Um, details about the conference to follow first. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, one, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm a lifelong stutterer. Um, and I'm in my mid 40s, scary right now so um yeah my stuttering kind of decreased over time a bit but it's still there and it usually doesn't happen when i'm speaking by myself in a situation such as recording my podcast and so back to oh i also uh wrote a book called stuttering is cool a guide to stuttering in a fast talking world contains my comics and my stuttering survival guide on how to stutter openly and you know get that and build that courage to take baby steps out of your speaking comfort zone to um you know reap the benefits of saying what you want to say regardless of your stuttering uh and the comics feature the fox character that's on the cover uh, graphic um of this podcast so his name is frankie banky and if you head on over to actually Facebook, the Stuttering School Facebook page, Stutter Dude on Twitter, and Hey Frankie Banky on Instagram, yeah, I know, I know, my branding isn't consistent across social networks. Uh, you'll see throughout the month of October, I've been in, um, participating in Inktober, where it's an in, it's an internet thing where you draw every single day, and there are drawing prompts. So I drew Frankie Banky in various stuttering. Uh, tips and situations and lessons so um, yeah I encourage you to check it out and you know like follow whatever the terms are for each of the networks and I would love to receive your comments there okay back to the Canadian Stunning Association conference uh, it was great as per usual fantastic great again to meet old friends and making new friends um, I would guess my main takeaways. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I have, I think I lost my um, program sheet. <laughs> the list of the different, um, oh, here, um, of, of all the, uh, what's it called, um, the workshops that we had. I want to go very fast because I'll be playing the keynote, very fantastically encouraging keynote given by Mary Wood. More on her later. So I'm just going to run through. There was things, um, there was improv. So um, recurring Stuttering School guest Sam Dunsing, Dunsinger. I almost said Dunsinger. He hates that. Um, uh, put on an, a fun improv uh, workshop. Uh, there was a stand-up comedy routine from Jose Pirenian. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. And watch out for him. 
because there was a because um, you're going to hear more and see more of him. There was I'm not sure if it's a big secret, so I'm not going to reveal. But um, he's also will be performing in French uh, in the ABC conference happening next week on October the 27th in Montreal. ABC's La Association de Belgique Canada. Uh, it's like the Southern Association serving Quebec. Uh, let me see. Um, a great quote that came out of Jose's uh, um, workshop uh, very quickly that I had attended uh, entitled, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, well, it's basically, I I just haven't slept last night, so my face isn't working today. My face body parts. Uh, talking about like confidence and you know being social when you're stuttering. So uh, long story short, treat your stutter how you want others to treat it. Just gonna let that sink in, right? Um, if you want to, if you want people to take you seriously and you know look beyond your stutter, well, treat your stuttering as if it's something that hey, it's nothing. You know, there's a person here. Um, give it some more context. He's saying treat it in a lighthearted way. You can make jokes about your stuttering. So when you tell people that you stutter, you just say hey, hey it's no big deal. Right? You just stutter. Or you can make a joke about whatever the situation. I know I'm not doing any justice, so apologies to uh, Jose, but I think you get the, the gist of what I'm trying to say. If you are nervous about your stuttering and scared about your stuttering, nothing wrong with that. People will think that it's a problem. Um, so the whole point is, you know, changing that perception, you know, of your stuttering from a negative one to, hey, just something that I do, and it's uh, maybe you no, know, maybe you think it's kind of cool, maybe you don't. Doesn't really matter. Something that I do, but hey, it's just something that I do, right? It's not an issue. Let's continue our conversation of what we were talking about, whatever it was, and move on. <laughs> I gave a cartooning workshop, first time to adults, um, although there were two kids in attendance, so that was so that was nice too. And what a difference giving cartooning workshop to adults. So the whole theme of it was to draw comics about our stuttering experiences. So uh, the adults were drawing comics of a speech situation that happened to them in their past. And so one uh, woman you know, was just marveling at this going, wow, like to replay this con or to draw out um, uh, the situation of the people who I uh, fear stuttering in front of. You know, I never realized that I could do art. <laughs> I can express this in art form. I'm gonna hang this up uh, when I go home. Uh, another one, uh, played out a scene from his past and he changed the ending and he says wow it was so remarkable to see or to witness like to visualize um, that scene played out it was such a horrible scene and uh, I remember you know viv vividly the feelings going on and he had a funny ending a very ridiculous ending which which made the comic so funny and he said you know it was very therapeutic to draw this um, so, um, long story short, give it a try. Consider giving it giving it a try. Draw a comic of a previous or upcoming or any speaking situation, and you know, see what happens. Um, you know, you'll find that you're working your thoughts out. Uh, you can create, you know, the actual outcome or a funny outcome, or a completely different outcome. Maybe a positive, a positive one. And don't worry if you can't draw. Stick people are perfectly fine because it's the content that counts not whether you can draw like uh you know da vinci or something um 
and you know just draw a circle for the face stick for the body two sticks for the legs two sticks for the arms and let me know if you give this a try and you know what went through your head and how it felt uh, record something say what two three minutes in audio uh, email it to costutter at gmail.com and i'll play it on my next ep- episode um and then what else do we have um at the conference uh you know what everything is such a blur um it was the open mic we had an open mic again this year loved it so much i i think the open mic now is my number one go-to item for a stuttering conference where you were you know it's great to keep like where where the mic is open for anyone to walk up on stage and say what they uh whatever they want <laughs> so it was great to see first timers and uh old timers and even you know people who um came from the nsa so i had some friends who came from the states um and i think the farthest would have been perhaps india <laughs> in a way uh he didn't come from india just for the conference though but he said well i'm um, you know um moving to canada and i happened to move here two weeks ago and i found out about this said hey you know welcome to the country and to the conference so uh without further ado um Canadian Stuttering Association, look for it um, on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Uh, I know it's too late now because by the time that you hear this, chances are it'll be too late. If you're in the Toronto area, the CN Tower will be lit up in the color of sea foam green, which is the Stuttering Awareness color. Um, green, uh, I think, was for confidence and blue was for calm and put them together in some way, somehow you get a sea foam green. Um, the CN Tower and the City Hall, very iconic Toronto City Hall. They're curved buildings. Um, so we're gonna, so there's a, there's a meetup for the CSA, uh, or organized. Um, I'm an, I'm an advisory member, full disclosure. I'm the one that created the meetup. <laughs> uh, we're meeting, um, corner of Bren, Brenmer Boulevard and Lower Simcoe Street. There's a place called uh, Olympic Park. And we're going to be there. We're going to take pictures. And I'm going to try and do a Facebook Live video for the on the Star, Star School Facebook page. Um, so look for that. Uh, and I think that's all. So let me move on into the keynote, the recording of the keynote, because, you know, it's very long. And I don't and I'm personally not a fan of long uh, podcast episodes that go like an hour, <laughs> even though a lot of my episodes are an hour um but this is definitely worth a listen mary wood i'm not gonna introduce or say or describe who she is because it's already in the recording that i'm about to play um actually i'm just gonna shush and just play the recording so to give you an idea to set to set the scene i'm sitting right at the front of the conference hall uh when she's so when she's speaking so you're gonna hear uh me coughing once or twice and um um, and my apologies when i clap it's too close it was too close to the iphone microphone that i use um so it might be a little bit you know hurtful to your ears like not painful but uh, apologies for that um and you're gonna hear me laugh and maybe make a make a comment here or there (laughs) um and there's also singing there's also singing there's a barbershop quartet lots of detailed information about them they're fantastic they're called harmonized i'll you know i'll just say harmonized for speech where they raise they raise something like five million dollars um 
for all kinds of communication disorders. So it really moved me when I uh, heard that. So uh, yeah, well, let me shush and bring on uh, the introduction by the CSA National Coordinator, Eva Steerwaltz. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> Today, we have a very special speaker with us here, Mary Wood, who's our keynote speaker. And Mary is super well known to many of us in the stuttering community. Um, in fact, she's she's been around probably since 1993, involved with, with stuttering communities. And um, that's when she sort of started her journey with us. Um, she joined um, CAPS, which is the former CSA uh, name, actually. <laughs> We're still the same organization. Um, shortly after 1993, and she's been a very active member of the CAPS and CSA um, since then. And I understand that she's also been, at some point, the national coordinator and chair. You know, so she's, she's uh, shaking her head there. <laughs> I've been told that, so. She's denied it. Um, she's also very well known um, to the National Stuttering Association in the US, um, where she regularly offers workshops, um, some of which I've attended and have personally benefited from. Um, she's just amazing. And also in other stuttering associations in Europe and Great Britain. Um, she's touched many lives through her careful and deep scrutiny of stuttering and its impact on the person. Um, and in all of her workshops that I've attended, she's always inspired thought, communication, and sharing, and has offered wise and wonderful um, insights Holy that Jesus. benefit us all. I mean, thank you so much, Mary. I know she's, she's rolling her eyes here. <laughs> Um, Mary is also a unity minister, um, and of course she spends a lot of time speaking because she's a unity minister and she's a person who stutters. Um, I find Mary the absolute embodiment of love and of compassion and devotion, and you're an inspiration you. to me. Um, I'm, again, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you find her the same. Um, she's an inspiration to all who know her, and it is my great pleasure and honor to welcome her as our keynote speaker. So without further ado, over to you, Mary. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, I've decided to name my presentation today, <clears throat> Different Strokes for Different Folks. And I'm gonna share my story and my thoughts and the experiences that have changed my life. However, and I share, with, and I share them with you not because I think this is the way for you, but I share them from my heart and I just invite you to take out of whatever seems or might work for you. I think I started to stutter when I was about two or three years old. I could never remember not stuttering. My dad also stuttered and I stuttered, but we never talked about it. It was like this huge big elephant that was in the room. 
And also, I had a really good role model to follow. He didn't answer the phone. My mom made all, her, all of his phone calls for him. And I can remember taking speech therapy from Mrs. Hill. And speech therapy for me was standing in this great big room all by myself, reading from this great big book about Shakespeare. And I think, you know, thank you God that speech therapy has changed <laughs> since then. Now I'm going to ask us to fast forward many, many years and a few therapies later. And on January the 21st, 1989, I attended a Bob Proctor seminar in Toronto that was entitled Born Rich. And I thought, oh, I'm going to learn how to make some money, honey. <laughs> but I found out it was about the mind, about the conscious, the subconscious, and the superconscious mind, and how thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. And as I listened, as I sat there, I knew that I knew the information even though I had never heard it before. Then on the, or then on the 401 highway after the conference, these words came into my mind. I, could, I actually heard them. My mind controls my body. And this thought followed right afterwards. I don't have to stutter anymore. Wow. Well, at first I thought that my whole journey was about becoming fluent, but it isn't about that at all. It's about so much more than that. And in January 1990, Three months after my marriage had ended, my dad had died and my house was sold. Oh, it was a good end of 1989. So I decided to go see my brother in the Keys for a little R&R, &R, and I was reading Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. Has anybody read that besides me? And the third sentence in the first chapter said something like, I am 100% responsible for who I am, what I am, and where I am. I threw the book down on the ground and said, I don't want any part of this. I don't want to take responsibility for who I am. I don't want to take responsibility for the marriage ended. However, the next morning, I went out and I picked up the book again and started to consider the words in that book that changed my life. 1990 was a pretty interesting year because in July of 1990, I attended a workshop that was presented by Mark Victor Hansen, one of the chicken soup for the soul originators. And when he was speaking up on the platform, I can still see him. I just got this feeling that I was supposed to be a speaker. I can remember jabbing my girlfriend who came with me. I looked at her and I said, oh my God, I'm supposed to be a speaker when I grow up. <laughs> but I stutter. 
So three months after, I joined Toastmasters, which is a wonderful, caring organization where I felt supported, but I also had the opportunity to support other people. <coughs> I was there for five years, never realizing that it will lead me to what I'm doing today. And then in 1992, I met Jan Pill at the premiere of Vladimir Bondarenko's film on stuttering, of which Carolina, I thought she might be here today anyway, she was a large part of that. Well, then Jan told me about a self-help meeting where I just happened to sit next to Norm McEwen who just happened to give me a flyer for the 1993 CAPS conference in Ottawa that just happened to have an invitation to submit a proposal for a workshop. Amazing how things work out. Well, this workshop turned out to be the first of many and it was entitled, I love myself, especially when I stutter. Remember that? I was a covert stutter. Anybody else in the room a covert stutter? Yeah. That's okay to put your head up. I didn't let it out too often. And I have many ways and much energy on how to hide it. When I thought I might stutter, I would just stop speaking right in the middle of a sentence. Perhaps start another sentence or say what I thought I could say, even if it didn't relate to what I was saying. And I slowly began to realize that there were feelings and there was a pattern in my speech when I spoke. And so to work on both of these things, I read Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, for 20 minutes every morning out loud to myself in my room. My speech started to smooth out. And I also realized that I didn't stutter when I read all by myself. And I found out that I was reading this book for another reason, because the book lists six basic fears that we have in our lives. Poverty, criticism, ill health, loss of love. Have we all experienced that sometimes? Old age. <laughs> Stop laughing, David. <laughs> and death. But from those six, I thought, bingo, wow, the fear of criticism. The fear of rejection, I had found the biggie in my life. And now I had an awareness to work from. I had something to work with. Napoleon Hill also said that before we can master an enemy and fear sure wasn't my friend, 
We must know its name, its habits, and its place of abode. So I started to look at fear, which is a large part of why I stuttered. Anybody else feel the same way? Hmm. Wanting to understand why it was there and acknowledge how it affected my speech and my life. And also somewhere along the line, I realized that stuttering was a self-fulfilling prophecy for me because every time I opened my mouth, I expected to stutter on the phone, asking for what I wanted to eat in a restaurant. I just had a memory when I was writing this. I, I can remember I used to drink Molson's all the time because I thought that was the only beer I could say. <laughs> it's changed since then. <laughs> oh dear. And I found out that fear, F-E-A-R, stands for a fantasized experience appearing real. It can also stand for F everything and run. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did a lot of the time. I ran away from situations, I ran away from experiences. But one thing I think we can agree on is that fear controls us, rather us controlling it. Fear in my life and your life shows up in our mental, emotional, spiritual, and our physical life. So sometimes I act like who I'm not. I don't say what I want to say. I don't do what I want to do. I'm not really who I am. And this still shows up now and then. As we talked about this morning in your workshop, Danny. And the fear is there because we think that we but we think that who we are is not good enough. We are not who somebody else says we should be, and we believe them. They tell us it's okay. It's not okay to stutter, and we believe them. And I used to think, okay, if somebody's laughing at me, how can they love me? I can't remember anybody telling me it was okay to stutter until I got to CAPS, until I got to the CSA, the NSA, the ISA. So can anyone else here relate to this fear of criticism and this fear of rejection? And we might want to take a look at how it shows up in our life, whether we stutter or not. And I always felt I was different, but it was a, wasn't a good kind of different. And because I listened to them, I was always trying to fix me. I felt I had to speak better so I would be better. And my whole existence seemed to focus on that. Hmm. What I was really doing 
was looking for someone else to affirm who I am rather than me doing it for me. Yet I've heard that most people who stutter are very intelligent. And I just choose and I choose to believe that. I just thought I'd throw that in. And you can make a choice whether you want to believe that or not. Wendell Johnson, formerly a professor of speech pathology at the University of Iowa said, there is no stuttering where there is no fear of stuttering. It's another thought I just throw out there. Different strokes for different folks. You see, fear is a negative thought. And we have negative thoughts about who we are when our self-esteem isn't healthy. And I knew there was hope for me because I can always change my thoughts about anything that I think about. So it was time for me to be aware of what I was thinking about and listening to myself talk. I'm not going to go in that, into that today, but I read a whole book on self-talk, and the title might come to me. <laughs> because you see, our thoughts are never going to stop. They say we have as many as between 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts a day. And so much of the time, there's somebody else's thoughts anyway. And it's when we become attached to them, it's when we believe them that we suffer. So our problem, I'm going to say that, our problem is not that we stutter, but it's how we feel about it and how we feel about ourselves. So I asked myself, how do I feel about stuttering? Notice that I didn't say my stuttering. Well, because you see, when I worked at the Conservation Authority, I was talking about one, I was talking to one of the women about my stuttering. She asked me if I wanted to own it. And I said, no. So now I say, thus stuttering. Just throwing my stuff out there. So back to the question, how do you feel about stuttering? Do you feel it's the worst thing that's happened to you? Are you scared of it? But how do we feel about ourselves when we stutter. I'm going to ask you not to feel guilty because the fear is there and is here for us to learn from and to grow from. Hug yourself. Oh, that's silly. <laughs> but it feels good. 
Because you know what? We've been laughed at, we've been made fun of, we've been the recipient of stupid jokes and comments. Can you remember a few of those? Oh my God. So I invite you to acknowledge that it matters and is important. Acknowledge the fear that is here. Learn from it, grow from it. And I believe it's important to have therapy for our feelings of rejection, our low self-esteem. And many times, therapy for our self-esteem is up to you and I to do that. Jack Canfield, he's a self-esteem coach from the US. He was my mentor for many years. I would, I would listen to his tapes every morning before I went to work. And also Bob Proctor, I went and done, I went and done that. I went and did the Born Rich seminar six times because every time I thought I was getting something different out of it anyway, he gave me an affirmation that I said every morning as I looked at myself in the mirror. I am so grateful now that I am relaxed and my speech is fluent. I was reprogramming my thoughts and I was changing my story and we all have a story. I can remember doing that because I just left the marriage and here I was talking to myself in the mirror every morning my kids thought I was losing it. And I was losing it, but I was losing the fear of rejection. Then I can remember standing in church one day, noticing that when I spoke with my husband who was standing beside me, that there was no fear there when someone else was speaking with me and that I was fluent. Hmm. Well, my son Paul had an imaginary friend, so I decided to have an imaginary friend who would speak at the same time it's happening now as I was speaking. And this imaginary friend was tall and good looking. <laughs> See, our mind is a marvelous part of you and I, and I invite you to use it to listen to the good things that it is telling us. The only way to get through fear is to face it. Too bad. And for years I didn't face it, I didn't do anything about it because I didn't know what my fear was. I wouldn't even acknowledge that it was there. So how can we be aware? How can we face the, we, the, the fear? How can we, Mary, start all over again. So how can we face the fear? How can we be aware of our feelings? Learn from them. Accept them. Here are just a few ideas. Many moons I met Linda Matthews when I did a workshop in New Jersey. And I can remember what she said, that anxiety is not an emotion you can think your way out of, but it's an emotion that you do your way out of. 
In other words, do something about it. So the first step is to, is to eliminate our avoidances. Wow, so what is it that we avoid? And here are some suggestions from her. I can still, I have them written down. Take a small risk every day and make one phone call if you don't like making phone calls. Write down what you want to say first. If you don't like meeting new people, next time you're standing, some, uh, standing next to someone in the elevator, just turn to them and say hello. Or if you're waiting at the corner to go across the street, just hello. Read Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. Has anybody read that one? No. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Talk to your fear. When I was at in San, Fran oh, no, San Diego at a conference, I went to do a session with Dr. Carl Scott. And he asked us to talk to our fear. Set your fear down at the table. Ask it why it is there in your life. Also, ask it what you do to keep it alive. What am I doing to keep this fear alive? Journal about this. Do this at your next self-help meeting. Tom? He's taking notes. Also, in order to get out of who we think we are, do something for somebody else. And then we start to take the focus off ourselves and how we feel and think about somebody else. A long time ago, I read these words by Dr. Charles Van Riper. Anybody remember him? He was a person who stutters and an SLP, and he wrote them in an NSA newsletter just before he died. Learn to stutter. Once we face a fear, it starts to disappear. Then at the next NSA conference I went to, I spoke with his wife, and I started voluntary stuttering. And I still do that today when I think I might get stuck. You see, when we acknowledge our feelings, when we start to understand them, Eventually we, eventually we let go of what doesn't serve us, what doesn't work for us anymore. And the anger that we feel might have worked for us in the past, but it doesn't serve us anymore. Most of us have stuttered for a long time. Not all of us, though. There are many beliefs, there are many thoughts to change, and it all be begins with one small step. Maybe not today. No matter where you are in your journey. And it just might not be over by lunchtime tomorrow. I believe that each of us has the answers for us, and that's why my answer may not be the same as yours. And it's important to say yes to the opportunities that show up, opportunities to face the fear and to do it anyway. 
Here's a verse from 1 Timothy 1, 1-7 that was on my cupboard for years. This was before I became a minister. Anyway, it reads, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I used to read that every morning before I went to work. So this fluency that we think we want, do we think we'll be happier when it shows up? Is our lack of fluency holding us back from being happy? You know what, I always thought fluency would make me happy. Happy camper, total bliss. <laughs> but, Exactly the opposite turned out to be true for me. My happiness and acceptance of me as a person who stutters allowed the fluency that was always there to show up. Remember, this is my story. Change can be scary, but change is inevitable. It's happening whether we want it or not. And when we change one little letter in the word change, we get the word chance. Woke up one morning knowing that. And that's what change is. It's a chance to grow, to learn, to be who you and I really are. I used to hide behind the fear. It was my excuse and reason for not doing a whole bunch of things because I stutter. <laughs> I can remember when I was in public school, and yeah, that was just a few years back. <laughs> I got a good memory. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the bathroom. Why? Because every time I thought I might be asked to speak, I would raise my hand and ask, ask the teacher to go to the bathroom. She probably knew what was going on, but there I'd go. That was just one of the many, many, many ways that I had to avoid speaking. I spoke at a conference in Chicago in 1993, where the theme for the day was the gift of stuttering. I thought, what the heck are they talking about? That's a stretch. It had taken a long time for me to start to realize this, and it's a gift that comes wrapped in many layers of plain brown wrapping. There ain't no shiny paper with sparkles on it or a big red bow. But when we start to peel away the layers, then we find the gift. And for me, this journey is not about fluency. That was the beginning. I was coming home in the plane from a conference, an NSA conference in San Francisco, when I wrote these words on a piece of paper that I still have. This is a journey about knowing who I am. It's not about stuttering. The only person who has to love me when I stutter is me. I knew this was a required ride for me. 
One of the major teachings that has helped me during this time is taken from the book entitled The Four Agreements. Anybody read that? By Don Miguel Ruiz. Read it. <laughs> because it's a practical guide to personal freedom, but it asks us to look at the source of our self-limiting beliefs that create needless suffering. And I've suffered enough. Does anybody else feel that same way? I don't want to suffer anymore. And the second agreement is what? Don't take anything personally. Bingo. I still keep going back to this because of the freedom that it brings me. Nothing other people do or say is about me, 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 or you, you, you. It's about who they are and about what beliefs they have. This also refers to us in our conversations with others. You see, everybody is in a completely different world. Your world isn't the same as mine, and mine's not the same as yours, even though we may all stutter. Our stories are all different, and our stories change. And when we take something personally, we assume that they know what is in our world and who we are. And we take something personally, we can feel hurt, we can feel rejected, offended, not loved. But we actually set ourselves up to suffer. We react many times inside defending our beliefs angry because they don't agree with us, because they haven't accepted us as we are. And the question here is, have you and I accepted us as we are? Because this is not their responsibility, it is ours. Oh darn it, I can't blame them anymore. Because when we don't have this need to be accepted, then whether they laugh with us or at us, we, knew, we know it has nothing to do with us. It's where they are in their journey. And we understand this without blame, without judgment, because we don't want to be blamed or we don't want to be judged. We love them and we bless them. Because others will always have their own opinions and belief systems, always. If you're in any kind of a relationship, you've found that out. <laughs> and what they think or believe or feel is not about you and I, it's about them. And at the same time, I realize that I'm responsible for who I am what I am, and where I am. And as we make the decision not to take anything personally, then we can look at the anger, we can look at the shame, the guilt that may have served us in the past. We learn from them, we let them go one little bit at a time perhaps, and we allow the agreements and the beliefs that support us to take their place. Everything, everybody, 
is here for us to learn and grow from. And then a few years ago, the book, Forgiveness, the Greatest Healer of All by Jerry Jampolsky, just jumped right off the shelf and into my hands. I thought, okay, I guess I gotta read this. And I realized that we judge others ourselves and the experience that we have so many times during the day. I'm still working with this judgment when I'm on the highway where I think people should be driving how I think they should be driving. Anybody else go there now and then? <laughs> but when we make judgments, it has nothing to do with the other person. It's the space we're in, not where they are. And what we need to forgive in others just may be something in ourselves that we don't know or we don't want to know about. I was talking to my son Paul yesterday. He's 45 years old. He procrastinates. And I get mad when he doesn't do something I think he should do. And I'm finally realizing that, you know what, his procrastination sure doesn't fall far from my tree. You see, when we don't forgive, this, this keeps us attached to the incidents, to the people, to the experiences that have happened in the past. So I would ask you to consider and to think about incidences that you are still attached to. People that you are still attached to. At the NSA conference in Chicago a couple of months ago, I offered a workshop on forgiveness. Actually, the room was full. And a person shared about the anger that he had felt with his brother for 25 years. He finally talked about it. And the good news is now that he is aware of where this anger is coming from. You see, forgiveness stops our inner battles with ourselves. It allows us to stop recycling this anger and this blame. To not forgive is the decision to suffer. Can I say that one again? To not forgive is a decision to suffer. Forgiveness is letting go of all hopes for a better past. <laughs> oh. We will have more peaceful and loving relationships when we stop telling others how to live, <laughs> when we want to be in control. For peace of mind, resign as general manager of the universe. I had that hanging above my desk for years. <laughs> Anyone in this? Room have any issues around wanting to control somebody else besides me? You don't have any? One of the most important people we have to forgive is who? Ourselves. Letting go of our guilt and shame, we can hide our anger, and that often is what makes it difficult to forgive. But when we start to become aware and acknowledge the anger, the shame, the guilt, 
then we change our past. We change our story, and it becomes easier to forgive when we choose to no longer believe that we are victims. When we know that we have a choice, and we always have a choice, as to what to think, what to say, and how we feel. Forgiveness is a continuous process, not something that we do just once and twice. Well, that's all done with. <laughs> not long ago, I was at a meditation retreat where I heard the words, I was sitting there and I heard the words, sit up straight. And then I heard the words, stay strong, stay strong. Then I went into little Mary because we always have our inner child with us. Then she was angry because she felt she had to stay strong when people laughed at her. I'm 81 years old and that was when she was six, a few years ago. So no matter how old we are, there are still experiences to heal and to forgive from if we make that choice to do that. Fear has brought me faith. Anger has brought me patience. Judgment has brought me forgiveness and compassion. And we have so much to be grateful for. Stuttering was and still is the gateway to so many things in my life. Just open the gate right up. Gratitude plays a major role in my life. Every morning I put my feet on the floor and say, thank you God, I'm above the grass. <laughs> you're 81. I would invite you to do a gratitude journal and that's to write five things at the end of the day that you are grateful for because this starts us to focus on the good that is in our lives. Doesn't have to be anything big. It's children walking down the street smiling just touch my heart but it's also a record at the end of the year of all the good things that you have experienced. An attitude of gratitude allows us to develop an awareness of ourselves as a recipient rather than a victim. What if we thought that everything that we possess in our life is because of the efforts of others? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people working to provide us with chairs, with furniture, with clothes. Look awful funny without them. Our phones, what would we do without our phones? Say thank you when someone offers you a compliment. Say thank you to the checkout person in the supermarket. Say thank you to anyone who serves you. Return your, copying, return your shopping cart to the store with the quarter in it. I don't know if you have quarters you have to put in. Oh, 25 cents. Get up in the morning, look out the window and say, good morning, Lord, instead of, oh, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> These are just a few. I'm sure you have many of your own ideas. 
I went back to school in 2003 to become a minister and was ordained in 2005. I was 68 and a graduate. I thought that had a good ring to it. I'm still doing church. Doing church tomorrow morning. My friend Tom's gonna come. And I am amazed and grateful that I earn my money speaking. It's like holy, I can't say that. It's brought me to know that all things are possible. All things. So talking about gratitude, here are a very few folks, just a very, very few folks that I'm grateful for and want to say thank you to. All those associated with the Canadian Association for People Who Stutter and the Canadian Stuttering Association that has nurtured me, loved me, supported me since 1992. A lot of miles traveled. A lot of words stuttered over, spoken, laughter shared. A lot of beverages shared. We're gonna share some more beverages tonight if anybody wants to join us. I'm also grateful for the NSA. Huh. Annie Bradbury, especially, and John Harrison. I spoke to Annie yesterday. Laugh, and we are still laughing. And it seems like I just phoned her, talked to her yesterday. Major influences. To all of you who are a part of a self-help group, to all who support the CSA through your financial contributions, your volunteer time, and are a system of love and support for people who stutter. Parents, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Help me talk. Yeah. I want to thank speech-language pathologists. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, as I say, speech-language pathology sure has changed since I stood in that room many, many, many moons ago. And I, yeah, I want to say thank you to Carla. <laughs> Didn't know if I'd get through this. Oh. We've been hanging out for many moons. You listen, <laughs> even though we come from different places many times, you listen. Hmm. Help me. Hmm. I want to say thank you to the barber shoppers. Come on down, guys who through their Harmonize for Speech Fund have raised thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to support those who stutter and other speech-related projects. I want to thank you personally for your financial support that has allowed me, that has helped me to travel hi there worldwide and present workshops worldwide. 
These guys sang at my 80th birthday party last year. It was a fundraiser for Harmonize for Speech if anyone wants to do this. I know they will gladly appreciate it. So let's have a couple of songs, eh? <laughs> Mary, we thought, we love you, Mary, by the way, and we thought we'd just pick a song and dedicate it to you. Okay? Okay. <clears throat> Pass me by one summer day, flash those big brown eyes my way, and know I wanted you forevermore. Baby, I'm not one that gets around, swear my feet stuck to the ground, though I never did meet you before. I said hello, Mary goodbye heart. singers or volunteers, I know you think we should make lots of money, and we do. <laughs> we just make that money for Harmonize for Speech, and with a less than 2% expense ratio, we get that money back into the communication disorders community through support like uh, the CSA and through Mary into uh, speech language pathology, into clinics and equipment all over uh, Ontario. Ontario barbershops have raised over $5 million for uh, communication disorders. So we're very happy to work on your behalf and on uh, can Canadians' behalf to do this. What we do need is more singers. So we're gonna make you, make you realize how easy this really is to do. None of us actually read music or have had music backgrounds. So we just basically learn by ear and through some uh, tracks. So this is how easy this is. This is the, the lead, lead part. part. My wild Irish rose. <laughs> and the tenor part. My wild Irish rose. Together. My wild Irish rose. The bass part. My wild Irish rose. Together. My wild Irish rose. And that's and all we should need, then really. Then we come to the baritone part. <laughs> <laughs> My son, Greg, here, he just, well, anyway. Uh, and uh, the baritone part 
uh, it sounds sometimes like uh, uh, a cat howling in the back fence because it's, uh, but uh, you really need it for the ring. My wild Irish rose, the sweet. Okay. It is helpful. Hopefully, it helps. Let's let's you tell us if that part helps. What you're. <laughs> My Just so you'll hear our uh, basically our theme song, our motto for what we do, we've got uh, we sing that they shall speak. So now keep in mind, barbershops is not just you know older white men. You know it, it's all ages. We've got youth barbershop. We've got really old white men. Really, <laughs> yeah. And, and we've got we've got youth. We've got seniors. We've got gospel. We've got a number of different women barbershop organizations out there. If you want to find the East York Barbershoppers, you can just Google the East York Barbershoppers, which is the chorus we sing with. Here's a theme song. We sing that they shall speak the lips in silence bound. We sing that young hearts everywhere may thrill to joy newfound. They learn to know and tell the love they now in silence see. We sing to free each youthful soul. We sing that they shall sing at lunch, okay? And if you want to talk to them about singing of any kind, they switch the microphone off in church when I sing, so I won't be joining. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. Okay, I want to just say thank you. Oops. I just want to say thank you for everybody who came out today. If anybody would like a copy of my presentation, let me know. I'll be happy to email it to you. Uh, we're also actually 
audio recording it, so it might show up somewhere after this. And so I wish you well in your journey, wherever that is. And from a workshop many, many years ago, I leave you with these words that still ring true today. I love myself, especially when I stutter. And so it is. it for this episode i hope that you got a lot out of it and i'm sure you did out of mary's absolutely awesome keynote um a lot of people there mentioned a lot of names mentioned including me did, did you catch that she referenced me uh danny um and few people mentioned there that I appeared on this episode in the past well um i would love to hear from you like i said post at gmail.com uh, send your audio. Um, if you don't want to send audio, feel free to send text and I can always read it on the air. And details about my book um, and my stunning awareness buttons, all featuring Frankie Banky and my posters, my comic posters. Uh, stutteringiscool.com, all the details are there. And until next time, may your stuttering always be with confidence. Ciao.